Welcome to the Dead Pixel Society podcast, the photo imaging industry's leading news source. Here's your host, Gary Peugeot. The Dead Pixel Society podcast is brought to you by Media Clip, Advertech Printing, and IP Labs. Hello again and welcome to the Dead Pixel Society podcast. I'm your host, Gary Peugeot, and today we're joined by Juliana Shizova, the Chief Marketing Officer of Skylum, and she's coming to us from Lisbon today. Hi, Juliana. How are you today? Hi, Gary. Doing amazing. It's sunny and it's warm in Lisbon, and I'm happy to be here. <laughs> well, it's cold and uh, kind of gloomy here in Michigan, so hope you send some of that sunshine our way. First, can you talk a little bit about Skylum as a company, kind of where it started and how it evolved into the desktop photo manipulation space? Sure. Skylum is over 15 years old, and we started as a developer of iPhone apps, and we were one of the first developers on App Store. Mm -hmm. After that, we were one of the first developers for Mac App Store when Apple launched that, Mm -hmm. and we tested multiple directions. We tested tested multiple apps, and Mm -hmm. because of one of our co-founders' interest in photography. We started developing photography apps, and we realized that we are doing so much better with them, specifically on desktop. That's why companies decided to focus just on that. At the time, we were developing single-feature focused apps like Intensify or Tonality for object removal or for black and white conversion or for working with colors. And at some point, we got so much feedback from our community. Why don't we just develop a single app so we don't have to switch? And that's how Luminar was born. You've had for numerous years under the Skylum brand, you've had several apps that have had like sort of single function analogy, like, you know, a noise reduction app and intensification. And you've kind of rolled that into a single platform. What was that like? Because that was must have been like herding cats trying to take these various nuggets of technology and making them usable in one place. So our current flagship product is Luminar Neo, and it's a product we intend on developing and supporting for years. And right now, we launched it two years ago, and we've been developing everything. We are focusing on developing the platform. We are focusing on improving the speed, improving the user experience, as well as bringing new AI technology. And mm-hmm. basically the story behind Luminar Neo was that at some point we realized that our older platform was would not be able to support all of the new technologies that we wanted to introduce. Right. So right. three years ago in summer, like earlier than that, but we realized, okay, so in order to keep delivering this amazing user experience and to keep innovating, because innovation is is in our DNA. We want to keep introducing new AI stuff because we've been one of the pioneers in that field. So we mm-hmm. actually had to develop Luminar from scratch. That's why it's called Luminar Neo. <laughs> and we okay. basically uh, had rewritten our whole code, our whole platform, and made Luminar Neo into a platform which scales mm-hmm. with your skills and offers you additional tools that you might need on your photography journey, but it can stay as simple and as easy to use as you want it to be. 
So let's talk a little bit about that piece because you've got this core application, which it's available as a subscription, right? It's a subscription model. Right. And then that has all of the goodness that I'm looking on the site here. You've got, you know, enhancement, you've got sky AI, you got relight, you can erase uh, unwanted parts of an image, but you also have almost, uh, plugins or other features that can go and look up tables and things. Is that an open marketplace or is that stuff you develop? So at the moment, we call them extensions, and mm-hmm. they're being developed by us. Mm-hmm. So there is no open marketplace. We might get there eventually, but right, right. right now we are still focusing on the platform development. And uh, this, the way we think about it is that if something offers high value for large audience, it mm-hmm. will become part of the major of, of the main platform. If right. some feature got immense value for a narrow audience, we will introduce it as extension because not everyone needs HDR merge. Not everyone needs focus second. So mm-hmm. if you have our one-time license, you are, you are able to just buy one or two or three extensions on top of that. Mm-hmm. But if you have our subscription, you will have everything. Or okay. if you have a lower tier subscription, you will just uh, stay with the uh, basic version of Luminar, keep all, get all of the updates mm-hmm. and stuff. But so we try to make the platform as flexible as we could and again keep it simple and easy to use so it's kind of available as both then right if you can buy the basics and then add on or subscribe and get everything so so i'm curious i mean you're a global company you know you're based around the world do you see different regional models for the acceptance of different things are there are regions more desirous of the subscription model versus the buy once model. I'm just kind of curious how it's received because I know over here when there's been a move to subscription, sometimes there's been a resistance to that. I'd say there is always resistance when you move to subscription, but in the end, it's uh, a business model of the future. Mm -hmm. And uh, there is regional specific. So for example, in the US, people are much more favorable of subscription, they switch to it easily. I'd say just because they're so used to it. And in Europe, people are less inclined to switch to subscription. But in general, the rates are kind of consistent. It might be like, I don't know, like I'm taking like numbers out of my head, so it's not something mm-hmm. real. But for There's example, let's mention and yeah, so for example, let's imagine in in the States, sixty percent of users will pick subscription, and in Germany, fifty percent of people will right. pick subscription. So there is difference, but it's not dramatic. Uh, definitely, people in that region—German, Austria, and Switzerland—they are more inclined to own products, and mm-hmm. there is this, this trend. That's why we keep two options. So basically, when you keep multiple options, multiple pricing options, you're able to serve more customers who will prefer a specific tier for themselves. One of the challenges you've got as developer, I think why people, software developers went to a subscription model was to fund ongoing development. It's a challenge, I imagine, with all the AI that's being introduced and all these things. You know, this is not, you know, inexpensive technology. So I imagine over time, uh, subscriptions you know, are going to be necessary. Yes. So from business perspective, subscription 
allow us to build more sustainable business because we are able to predict revenue streams more easier. But at the same time, it allows us to, to develop better product because when we see how many people are subscribed, we are able to allocate resources needed to support those user base. And we are able to invest more into the development of the platform, which is always a good idea from my standpoint. And uh, we do have an amazing resource and development team. Unbelievably proud of them. Uh, they are researching new technologies all the time. We have multiple technologies mm -hmm. in research. Not all of them will make it to the final product, but we keep reading uh, papers. We keep looking, we keep researching the market to see what's new, what's interesting, what, but also what, what is in line with our vision, because in no way we want to overcomplicate the product and right. to start developing something that would be very difficult to understand and to use. So that's one of the things I think is a challenge for any developer is, you know, the, the UI expectations of users now is, you know, very clean, very sparse, very, you know, buttony, not a lot of drop downs and things like that, which, you know, I go back to days when, you know, menus used to cascade and cascade and cascade all the way <laughs> across the screen. So that's going to be a challenge because you always want to, you know, enhance the product and, and, and add uh, features, but you don't want to overwhelm it with features. Is that part of why the 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 extension was created was so that people could keep it as simple as they wanted, but add features as they go? Exactly, exactly. That's one of the reasons why we introduce extensions. Well, all I can say it's a challenge. It's mm -hmm. you cannot imagine uh, the battles we have inside the team <laughs> when we decide uh, should we add this because when we select features that will make it to our roadmap. It's mm -hmm. always a question, will we be better if we add it or if we right. do not, right? Because, like, we can keep adding. That's absolutely not an issue. It's uh, the question, what should not be there? What mm -hmm. uh, And the question we constantly ask, what we can remove? What is actually, because you have to look at it from the fresh perspective, from, like, this new angle of trying to figure out how we can make it better, how we can make it simpler. And that's the question we constantly ask. Mm -hmm. Plus, you have to keep ongoing improvements on the existing tools, right? Because, you know, obviously there's, as the clone tool, you can there's always ways to improve that and all that. Where do feature innovations come from? Are they staff-driven or do you have users providing uh, requests on, boy, I'd really like to have a better denoise tool or something like that? We try to source idea from from everywhere. So we <laughs> obviously have our users feature request. We have our product team constantly researching the market, uh, constantly researching what's trending on YouTube, what people like. The way we try to frame our solutions is to take a process that is 10 steps, 20 steps, and turn it into one step or two step process. Okay. So we try to see what is difficult to do in other tools so mm -hmm. we can make it simpler in Luminar. So that's one thing. Another way to first ideas is um, we started doing this internal hackathon when a team will have to, in 24 hours, they will have to ideate and ship the solution 
and uh, some of those will make it to the final product. Uh, and our team is incredibly creative. So you can always source ideas from within the team. Mm-hmm. But usually that is the privilege of product team or product marketing team. But if you open it to the whole team, you would be surprised how many cool ideas you can have, you can find. And uh, and people are able to develop them really, really fast. And they are not limited by usual processes. So that's our constant inspiration. And third thing is our many people on our team are photographers. So many improvements come from our own experience. So we just use Luminar and we find something, well, it doesn't work for me. Can we improve that? And (laughs) we are constantly looking for this improvement as well. You also have an opportunity uh, to get feedback directly from users because you do in-person events, which I think is a very interesting approach i don't know of any other major software company that's doing the type of things you're doing can you talk about that why you chose to actually get into physical in-person events stay with us we'll be right back photo retailers energize your sales with share me chat the proven texting platform using chat to text on your website keeps your customers connected and buying See us at Pro and IPI to find out why dealers using ShareMeChat close more sales without adding staff. Find out more at ShareMe.chat. Absolutely. So we as a team, we are incredibly passionate about photography. And many people on the team are landscape photographers. And to be able to take landscape photos, you have to travel. And when we look at the market, we constantly ask ourselves how we can be different, how we can approach our audience differently. And we realized that all of the other major software companies, they mostly compete in digital or they go to the conferences. But where people do actually take photos, that's on their trips. And there are specific kinds of trips where you can where you can go, where you can uh, get aquatic shots, where you can develop your photography, learn new skills, and mm-hmm. find, find new friends, right? Because traveling for photography with your family is a nightmare, but <laughs> traveling for, for photography with your friends is a, the best experience of your life. So mm-hmm. we started doing these photography camps. We already held two camps in Iceland, and this was one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had and I hope uh, our participants have had mm-hmm. so we would usually pick um, five to six photography masters uh, we work with our friends and partners at Icon Photo Tours and we invite our friends who are also our ambassadors and influencers uh, and affiliates and we go together to explore Iceland you can buy this the ticket to the trip and we do them once per year. And we've also started doing photo walks as a smaller event. So um, check mm-hmm. out our website for upcoming events uh, in your city. So we've just done our first this year in, in Lisbon, but we intend on uh, doing more, specifically okay. in the States, in Europe, where we are. So we want to connect with, with community because before pictures get into Luminar, like you actually have to make them. And we want to be with our right. community yeah. uh, in a moment when they make them, 
inspire mm -hmm. them, show them the best locations, be together on this amazing adventure. Mm -hmm. And in the end, the picture will make it to Luminar, and that's where we will see this amazing before and after effect. So the end picture will actually match what you saw and not just something that captured your camera. Why Iceland? Because it's a bucket list destination for 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 all of okay. the photographers. Okay, so that, so that came from, it wasn't just because you guys like Iceland. It's a, that, that was mm -hmm. something where people want. So is that is that going to be on the rotation or do you plan on going to other regions around the world? Is this, how is this going to work? I'd say Iceland will still be one of our key destinations mm -hmm. because that's just something that you have to see. If you're a photographer, if you're into landscape photography, there is no place like Iceland. So um, mm -hmm. we also we are also thinking about doing a photography expedition to Antarctica, and uh, that's another bucket list uh, destination. So mm -hmm. we want, but we definitely feel like we are going to explore and expand. No place warmer than <laughs> these are very cold places. <laughs> I'm just wondering no, we'll, if there's we'll, a commonality we'll there because you're in Lisbon and it's warm there. <laughs> <laughs> and I travel from here to cold places. No, but the reason is, you know how photographers, they wake up for sunrise and they go for a sunset in Iceland. In winter, it's much easier because sunset is at 11. Sunrise, mm -hmm. sunrise is at 11. So mm -hmm. it's much easier to wake up. But other than that, we are definitely going to explore other locations warmer. So, for example, we just done uh, a partner event where we've invited our influencers and these amazing creators and photographers for for also our partners to Madeira. Mm -hmm. And Madeira was an amazing destination for photography. Okay, I, I'm just curious. So, what is what will it take? to get a photo walk in your area? Is there a number of people or a size of a group or what's, what, what is your vision for a photo walk? Because clearly, you know, not everyone has the capability to drop everything and do the bucket list trip. So, but obviously if you want to expose people to your product as much as possible, a photo walk is great. So we've just done a photo walk for 50 people here mm -hmm. in Lisbon and 50 people is kind of difficult because yeah, it's that, a, a large group to manage. Yeah. And we are thinking about doing smaller groups in multiple locations. We're mm -hmm. going to work with our influencers and mm -hmm. ambassadors and mm -hmm. affiliates to, to do these photo walks in multiple locations. So we envision it to be a global movement and we want to... We want to inspire people to explore. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. because sometimes you don't have to travel overseas for an amazing shot. Sometimes you can take an iconic picture somewhere very close to your house. And we want to inspire that as well. So one of the things that I find interesting about this approach is I don't know a lot of people doing this with software. Obviously, photo walks are very popular with gear people because if you want to sell a lens... You want to be able to show the person what the lens will do with a picture. So, so how does this work? Do they people do they go out and shoot and then go back to a central location to tweak the pictures? On how how does this? I'm just curious what what the format of the event is. So basically, people will just meet in one location. We will uh, we will have a master or a guide 
who will uh, go with them uh, on the road. And then they just follow the road. The guide will explain them, show them the best frame, show them uh, the best possible shot. And in the end, we'll just gather, discuss what we've got, discuss our experience. And uh, we will also continue the communication via email, so on social. But mm. we do not do classes on location. Okay. We just want to create an opportunity for everyone, an excuse for everyone to go out, meet other people, mm -hmm. experience photography. Mm -hmm. And in the end, they just they are free to go home and edit their shots in webinar. So it's not a workshop format. It is literally just a, an experience thing, yes. which I hope you know, at the end that at some point someone buys something, right? I mean, that's certainly what you want the outcome to be. Are you seeing positive results on that side of it? We definitely see it helping our exposure a mm -hmm. lot. And that's what we are focusing on right now. So we want to introduce to Luminar to as many people as we can, sure. because we definitely know that not everyone knows about Luminar yet. Right. And we want so many more new people just to learn about it, give it a try mm -hmm. and see for themselves if, if that's a tool uh, that they would like to use or not. Mm -hmm. We hope they will. <laughs> So one of the things, I mean, I, we talked about marketing a little bit, but I want to talk a little bit about um, the product just for a second, um, specifically because you've integrated AI into a lot of what you're doing. And that's sort of a buzzword, even though you've been using it for years, as far as I've been able to say. I mean, I think some of the uh, previous versions that I personally use have had some AI. What does AI mean in the context of Skylum in the sense that, you know, some people think AI means it's it's fabricating an image, it's creating it out of nothing, or it's creating something that isn't there. But that's not really what you guys are doing. Yeah, so we've, we've released our first AI tool in 2017. Mm -hmm. And we we're one of the pioneers to bring it to the consumer market. Right. For us, AI was always a tool to get to our vision of simplifying photography, of making it accessible mm -hmm. to everyone. As I explained, this process of like something that takes you 20 steps can take you just one step. Wow, right? right. That's, what, that's why we are using uh, AI4. So our first AI tool, which is now Enhanced AI, it basically tackles multiple multiple settings with just one mobile slider. And uh, it was so important for us to simplify this process. So it's not just like simple auto button, right? So, and we kept developing new tools for the same purpose of simplifying photo editing mm -hmm. for everyone. And we want to make it simple, fast, and enjoyable, and uh, mm -hmm. not scare people off with the complexity. So right. for us, AI, helps us it's like something that helps you right not something that replaces you or something that creates something out of nowhere but we take your picture and you are able to get to your vision much mm -hmm. faster with the help of ai tools like i said in today's world there's a lot of talk <laughs> about ai and what it does when and what you're doing is really more of a traditional trying to get you capture the vision of what you see or what you'd like to see in a picture as opposed to you know, I'm going to create something crazy like, you know, a lunar surface or something like that. So very cool. So 
what's coming down the pike for uh, Skylum on on this product? I mean, it, because it's you're not really versioning it anymore, right? It's just you're just adding and adding. So, what's the development cycle like? Is it ongoing? Is it every month? Every every two months? Every six months? What? How often can people expect to see the product updated? So right now, our cadence of updates is every three weeks, three to four weeks. Wow. So we deliver new updates. We, we might slow it down a bit because we want to deliver more meaningful updates, but we will see how it goes. Mm-hmm. So, But right now, uh, and these updates are dedicated to improvements of user experience and to the speed and to the performance. And we are constantly focused on improvement uh, of user experience in general. And at the same time, we're also working on the new AI tool that will be included into the basic version and as well as will be released in form of extension. So right now we are focusing on, on finding a new amazing tool that, that will benefit our audience a lot. So what will happen, we will continue developing Luminar and we will continue improving it and we will continue developing new AI tools for unlocking your creativity or for assisting your creativity. That's pretty much it. <laughs> so where can someone go for more information about Skylum and the Luminar Neo product line and, and how they may want to be uh, checking that out? You can check Luminar Neo at skylum.com slash Luminar or at Luminar global in instagram and that's where you will get the latest news we will always keep you updated you can leave your email so we can share some updates we will we can stay in touch regarding our upcoming events you will find everything about us there well thank you Juliana. it's been great to meet you and best wishes for continued success and especially with your photo walks and tours that sounds very exciting Thank you so much, Gary, and thank you so much for having us. Thank you for listening to the Dead Pixel Society podcast. Read more great stories and sign up for the newsletter at www.thedeadpixelssociety.com.